0: Well, hey, welcome to First Church. So glad you guys are here. It looks like we have a great crowd with us in person, but I know we have a ton of people worshiping with us online as well. So if you are in the room, would you get loud, put your hands together, welcome in our online family here today. And if this is your first time with us, you're here for a pretty big day because today is our big reveal Sunday and we are going to be unveiling our unstoppable commitment to this point. And so that number is... Something we'll talk about here in just a second. So uh, we'll get there in just a minute. Just hang on, okay? Because it's also the start of our Christmas series, The Joy of Heaven. I'm excited that you're here for that as well. And I think this is going to be one of those days that we'll never forget. And as I get started, I need your help. I'm going to put up on the screen behind me some vision statements from some well-known companies or businesses. And I want to see if you guys can guess what company belongs to the vision statement that I'm going to put up here. So just shout it out. If you know it, it's okay to shout it out here in church. Let's see if you guys can guess these vision statements. Here's the first one. To inspire and nurture the human spirit one person, one cup, and one neighborhood at a time. Any guesses? Starbucks. Yeah, pretty simple. The one cup thing kind of gave it away, right? It's not talking about a communion cup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Starbucks. Okay. How about this next one? To be earth's most customer-centric company where customers can find and discover anything they might want to buy online. Any guesses? Amazon. Whoa, everybody knew that one. All right. How many of you guys have bought a Christmas gift already on Amazon this year? Let me see your hands. Yeah, that's what I thought. Me too. I'm there with you. Okay, how about this next one? To provide access to the world's information in one click. It's not our first church website. Let's see if you have another guess. Any guesses? It's Google, google.com. That is their, uh, their vision statement. How about this next one? To make today delicious. McDonald's? Wow, I didn't expect that one, uh, but my kids would be right there with you. All right. Actually, I was thinking maybe Krispy Kreme, but that's not it either. It's actually Kraft Foods. Not near as exciting as McDonald's, but still. Craft uh, Foods, that's their vision statement. And whose vision was this? I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus, Jesus, right? We should know that by now, because for the past several weeks, yeah, you can clap for that. That's awesome. For the past several weeks, that's been a theme verse of our Unstoppable series, because Jesus said that all the powers of hell will not be able to stop the mission of His church. And what amazes me is that 2,000 years after Jesus said those words, we still see that that's true. I mean, think about it just for a second. If you were to take a snapshot of the first century world, first century society, and you were comparing the Roman Empire to the church, who would you say that we would still be talking about 2,000 years later? Who would you have put money on? I mean, would you have put money on the mighty Roman Empire with all of its military might and strength and power and wealth and influence? I mean, the Romans ruled the world. Or would you have placed money on the church, a little fringe religious group made up of fishermen and other people that were part of the lower class of society for the most part, who followed this itinerant preacher from Galilee named Jesus who was arrested and executed, but his followers still claimed that he was alive. Who would you have put your money on? Who would you think we would still be talking about today? From an outsider perspective, we probably would have said the Roman Empire. But yet today, we talk about the ruins of Rome, And we are still celebrating and living out the resurrection of Jesus because we know that betting on the church is always a safe bet because Jesus is the one who is with us and on our side. And it reminds me of a story that I heard last Christmas, actually, of this 82-year-old woman that lived in New York State who was home alone. In fact, she lives by herself, and somebody was trying to break into her house. I'm not sure if you saw this new story, but take a look at it real fast. Right, I,
1: will, I will give you a second to press the record button on your remote because you're going to want to save this story. Police say an intruder broke into a Rochester woman's home late last night. Now, the woman lives alone, admits she was scared. But as Andrew Banis explains, the intruder quickly learned he was no match for the 82-year-old inside. A crowd gathered around 82-year-old Willie Murphy at the Maplewood YMCA today. All of them captivated as Murphy shares the story of what she experienced Thursday night. A man knocked on the door to her home. He was outside saying, please call. An ambulance, because I'm sick, I'm sick. Murphy said she called police, but didn't let the man inside. Suddenly... I hear a loud noise, and I'm saying to myself, what the heck is that? The young man is in my home. Broke the door. She tried not to panic. After all, she spends most of her days doing this. (laughs) An award-winning weightlifter who just won a competition earlier this year. I'm alone, and I'm old, but guess what, I'm tough. She says she grabbed a nearby table. I took that table and I went to working on him and guess what, the table broke. The man fell to the floor. And when he's down, I'm jumping on him. Uh, uh, uh. When officers arrived minutes later, it wasn't Murphy who needed medical attention. He's laying down already. Cause I had really did a number on that man. The suspect who police say was intoxicated was taken to the hospital. Murphy is not pressing charges. Today, she's cheered on by her friends at the gym. Some even taking selfies with her. Ray John cell says he hopes the suspect learned a lesson. She is the wrong person to mess with.
0: I wouldn't want to mess with her, would you? Now from all, outward appearances, if you didn't know her, if I said, okay, who's going to win in a fight? This 82-year-old lady who lives by herself or this young man who's able to break down a door, you know, who would you have put your money on? Probably the young man unless you knew her. Same way with church. You know, when you think about it for years, for a couple thousand years, people have been predicting the demise of God's church, that God's church is going to fail, but I think it's because they don't know the one who's with us. They don't know the one who's on our side. They don't know the one who is empowering us, because here's the thing. The church isn't empowered by the strength of its people, but by the strength of its Savior, by the presence of of our Savior with us. And our Savior makes this promise to us. He says that He will be with us always. I will be with you always, even until the end of this age. Now, normally when we read that verse, we take that as a comforting thought that Jesus will always be with us. And it is a comforting thought, but it's more than that. I want you to notice something. Why is that Jesus is telling us that He's going to be with us to the end of the age until He comes back? It's because He has work for us to do. He's going to be with us for a purpose. He's going to be empowering us and working in us and through us because until he returns, until the end of the age, he's got a mission that he expects his church to carry out. And that's why I'm not afraid of what's going on in our culture right now, what's going on in the culture around us, because our God isn't afraid of it. You see, an uncertain economy, that doesn't catch him off guard. Politics... That doesn't worry him. A pandemic doesn't surprise him. Moral failings and cultural trends, he's not blindsided by them. He saw it coming. He is bigger than it. And he has placed us here because of it. See, we are here for a purpose And God knows what's going on in this world, and yet our mission has not changed. And that's why when we started this unstoppable season a few months ago, we opened up in the book of Acts. And if you remember, the book of Acts is the history of the early church. And Luke, who's writing this, has already written about the life of Jesus from his birth to his ascension into heaven. And look at what Luke says as he begins this new book, the history of the church. He says, in my former book, I wrote about all that Jesus Began to do and teach. That word began is probably one of the most important words in the entire book of Acts because it's letting us know something. The story of Jesus isn't finished yet. You don't know the whole story of Jesus until you know what Jesus is doing in his church. And that's why we launched this new season called Unstoppable. Because we believe that we are here at this point in history to play a specific role in Jesus' story. We said from the very beginning that this Unstoppable Initiative is not about a building. Some people think it is, but it's not. It's about our mission. We believe that a building or extending our missionary reach both locally and globally and keeping the ministry going that we're doing here, all those different parts of this unstoppable season, those are all secondary goals. We believe those things will happen when we get the first goal right, and that's when we as God's people are fully engaged in His mission. Everything else, that's just the next ministry steps. That God is opening up a door for us to do at this moment in history. And this has been a long journey to get to this point today. And so I thought maybe we would look back on what it's taken for us to get here. Take a look at this video. This card, the number that we will have on it, it represents a sacrifice It's it's gonna be a challenge, it's gonna be a step of faith, but we're giving it with joy, because I know that there's no better investment in life than the kingdom of God.
1: been in in any of the children's facilities recently we're busting at the seams i mean even in the midst of a pandemic but you know we we need space we need a place where not only can all the children who are already here be and grow and flourish but the families who have yet to join our church as friends we want that this to be a place that they can invite um non-believers in their lives as well and you know i just really earnestly believe that that that's how we change our community, that's how we change our families, that's how we change the 918. To me, the answer is clear. When the world is in fear, they should look no further because the answer is here. In Owasso, Oklahoma, the home of First Church, where you teach and live the Bible, a kingdom-minded church, where you raise godly servant leaders and build loving family relationships, a grace-filled church. First Church is absolutely the best investment for our resources because we can see the return coming back so quickly and so much more than what we ever expected. Just in the staff and the people here are just amazing. Um, We want to be here. We love walking through these doors because when we're investing in God's kingdom, we get that back so quickly. When we need somebody to talk to, uh, it's there. We know we have a resource that we can go to unstoppable commitment means joy and love and the excitement i see around this church and the faces of the children god is still working with
0: us today and his spirit's still alive and he's using us to help build
1: the generations to come this unstoppable commitment to us means Uh, trusting in God and investing in uh, the future of the church.
0: The two-year commitment through the Unstoppable Initiative, for me, it means that our family will have a specific goal to strive to be better and then in the end game, is it will draw us closer together on a shared mission. It's gonna change, I don't think just the community, it's gonna change us all.
1: I'm going to be unstoppable by helping people learn about Jesus. I'm going to be
0: unstoppable by sharing Lord's word with others.
1: I'm gonna be unstoppable by
0: showing everyone I can the power of Jesus' love. My unstoppable commitment means being able to spread God's Word to places like never before. God is awakening the next generation. And we need to be the church that the next generation needs. We need to train. equip and prepare and grow the next generation, because that's how we are going to save this world. If you want to change our culture, if you want to change our country, if you want to change our state, if you want to change our community, it starts with investing in the next generation. And when the next generation rises up, it is on fire for God. We will see a revival take place in this country like we've never seen before. And so we challenged our church with a big, audacious, aggressive goal. And every consultant that we talked to before we ever announced it to you guys told us the same thing. This is a really aggressive goal. But we believe that God was in it. And so from the very beginning, our primary goal was 100% engagement. And that's hard to really calculate. Because I think 100% engagement will always be our goal. It's an ongoing goal. It was our goal before we ever started Unstoppable. It's hard to tell if everybody is ever 100% engaged, but I think there are some things I can share with you that show that we're headed in that direction. For instance, this first number that I'm going to share with you, I just absolutely love. And that's the number of 128. We had 128 first-time givers during this Unstoppable season who committed to giving to our church for the very first time. In other words, yeah, we had no record of these individuals giving before, yet they committed to Unstoppable. That speaks to the engagement that's going on here right now, but the stories just continue from there. We received this on one of our prayer requests one Sunday. For the first time in our nine-year marriage, we have agreed in love and faith with each other and God to tithe and to do the full amount. Praise God. And here's the thing. Yeah. This isn't the only family that said that. We've heard this from multiple different families. This person just turned it in on their prayer list. They wanted prayer. And here's the cool thing. If it is your very first time ever giving 10% of your income as a tie to the church, which is what the Bible commands us to do, that's a huge change if you're not used to doing that. And yet, look at how they end it. Praise God. They're doing it in celebration. They're doing it in joy. You guys know we have a huge online community, online campus. And we received during this unstoppable season a letter, a note, from a lady who lives several states away, who's never stepped foot on our campus here in Owasso, but she watches every single week. And I'm not gonna tell you her name, we asked for permission to read this letter and she said you could, just don't say my name, and so I won't. But this is what she wrote to us. Hello, I wanted to thank you all for the online service option you have made available. It really has been a blessing in my life. I was born and raised in a certain church, and she says that church's name, but floundered with it for many years. I appreciate the opportunity to worship that your church has brought back into my life, where I feel a desire to worship, not guilt. I look forward to Sunday service now. I don't actively look for an excuse to avoid it. Please accept my offering. There is a check included with this. I hope it helps someone. It is not much for all the peace I have received and the times I have been attending, and she has that in quotes, attending worship with you, but my intention is to make more regular offerings. And then she signed her name. Now, how awesome is that? Someone who has never stepped foot on this campus is very much part of our church family, so much so that during this unstoppable season, she has committed to giving to the mission of our church. And you know who you are out there in online land. You are part of our church, and if we can ever be there for you in any way, you let us know. We love all of our online family members as well. But the stories just go on. Our students were involved in this unstoppable in- initiative, and we had over a dozen students, junior and high school students, pledge to tithe for the very first time. Now, that's pretty awesome as well for students using their babysitting money or their part-time job money in order to tithe to our church. In fact, we even had some students who said that they're going to give 10 to 20%, depending on which student it was, 10 to 20% of their Christmas money Money to Unstoppable. So, if you are a grandparent or aunt or uncle who gives money to a kid in our church, up the ma- amount, okay? Come on, in Jesus' name, give them some more money, because that percentage goes up that way, okay? We have a new family who's been attending our church now for a couple months. They've made several comments on Facebook about Unstoppable in our church, and I put some of their statements together, and this is what they wrote on Facebook. We've been here for a month now. I believe that was after, after our vision night. We've been here for a month now and absolutely love it. I believe all of us will be 100% engaged and Unstoppable, and I couldn't be more excited. Go on to that next slide. Commitment to this is committing to our kids and aligning their future as well, a future aligned with loving Jesus. Now, again, this is somebody who now has only been attending our church for a few months. But they're all in. Because that's what the mission of God does. It fires us up. And we had just two weeks ago a local businessman who does not attend our church. Give us a check for $5,000 and say, I don't attend your church, but I know a whole lot of people who do, and I know your church's influence is needed in the Owasso community, and I want to help support Unstoppable. And he wrote us a check, even though he does not attend our church. What does all that tell us? And I could go on and on with more stories. The engagement level is high because we believe in the mission of Jesus. And we said all along that if we got that right, then our primary goal would drive our secondary goal. So let's get to our secondary goal. Some of you guys may follow our numbers around here. Most of you probably don't. But our current annual operating budget is $2.5 million. So it takes $2.5 million a year for us to currently do the ministry and outreach that we do here. So you times that by two, our two-year operating budget is $5 million. So if we were to project based on what we're doing right now, the next two years of our budget, it would be right at $5 million. But because of Unstoppable, our two-year projection is a lot bigger than that. And to help me let you know what that new number is, I've got some friends who are going to come out on stage. Would you guys come on out and help me? Would you give it up for our friends? Here they come. All right. Just come right on down here. Awesome. Okay, turn around here. Come on over there. Yeah, there you go. I'll get this podium out of the way. Okay. We have some notable pups up here, and uh, they're going to help me out. That's not right. We got to get these in the right order. Let's get it in the right order. Come on. Let's put the U down here. Come on. Yeah, here we go. U-N-S. Come on. Where's the S? Come on down here. U N S T. Oh, We'll move you right here. Can I spell, let me have the two P's. You guys come on down here, okay? Come right on down here. There we go. There we go. Okay, then A-B-L-E. There we go. Slide on down here. Can we get it? All right. Are, are we in the right order? This is important that we get it in the right order. James, do we have the two P's in the right order? Are they good? Okay, I want to make sure because that makes a difference. All right, that's better, isn't it? Okay, Remember two-year projection without unstoppable five million dollars for our operating budget because of your guys commitment and expected gifts because of unstoppable this is our new number I tell you what the first four would you guys go ahead and turn yours around okay so we got at least got at least eight hundred and ninety three dollars okay now the next we'll just do the rest of you go ahead and do the rest go ahead guys turn turn around turn around turn around turn around your number there you go so 10,057,893. All right, so guys, I want to let you know how awesome this is. We now, this is our biggest commitment to a uh, financial. Um, initiative in recent history and here's the thing what you need to understand is this was committed during the midst of a pandemic during the midst of an uncertain economy and if you want to want to wrap your minds around this this is a two year commitment Every other generosity initiative that we've ever done in this church has been at least three years, some of them longer. This is two years, and we are doubling our operating budget, and that's where we are right now. We still have commitments coming in, and I know I've had some of you people that have come to me and said, I'm going to give, but I'm not going to fill out a card. That's fine. Keep giving. I'm okay with that, but this helps us project what we are able to do for the future. And by the way, there were some cards turned in that didn't have names on them. We didn't even count those. Hopefully, those are still gonna come in too. So these are just the commitments and expected gifts that we know for sure. And I just wanna say thank you, but more importantly, I wanna say thank you to our God. And so what I would like for us to do as a church family this morning, let's applaud, but not for ourselves. Let's give God some praise for this number right here. Thanks, guys. You guys are awesome. You guys can go on back with Mr. James. I think he's over there. Appreciate your help. Let's give it up for my friends one more time for helping me out. They did a great job. And here's the thing. Today is our first big give to Unstoppable. And so today… We have one fund from here on out, and it goes towards Unstoppable, which is our current operating budget, which will include all the extra things that we have added to it. And so today, we would like to get this campaign started off in a big way, and you can give to Unstoppable for the first time. But even if you give to Unstoppable or not today, if you still wanna make a commitment to it, we'll keep adding it to that total. But to double our operating budget in a two-year span, that is nothing short of a miracle. And we give God praise for that. But what I want to do now is I want for us to remember what that number actually means. Because the church's mission is to continue the mission of Jesus. That's why we're here, is to continue the mission of Jesus. That's what that number is all about. And I want to remind you guys why Jesus came. And it's a perfect time to talk about that because we're in the Christmas season. Do you remember what the angel said to the shepherds when the angel first announced the birth of Jesus? The angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. See, why did Jesus come? From the very first announcement to the world of his birth, the angel let us know that Jesus was here to bring joy to the world. His news, the news of his birth is good news for All people, not just some people, not just a special group of people, but all people. And that's a very comforting thing. But beyond that, it lets us know something else. It also lets us know that all the people, all of us, are in need of joy. Because whether you realize this or not, all of us are in the same boat, all of us are like the rest of us in one way. The book of Romans tells us this. It says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. And that word sin is kind of a churchy word that we don't use a whole lot outside of church context. But sin is what we all have in common. And that Greek word sin literally means to miss the mark. It means to aim at the wrong target, to go after the wrong goal. And that's all of us. See, God created us, designed us with a perfect purpose in mind. But we decided somewhere along the way that we could do better than God, that something or someone else could satisfy us, fulfill us, bring us more joy than what God had intended for us. And so we started to go after the wrong goal. We started to wander away from God's plan, thinking that we knew more than Him, Last weekend, my family got to go to Branson, and we visited Silver Dollar City. My kids always love Silver Dollar City. Here's a picture of us in front of the big Christmas tree there in Silver Dollar Dollar City. It was cold, but it was fun, and we had a blast. But while we were driving there, and you guys know it's a little over a three-hour drive, we were maybe on the road for 45 minutes. And from the back of the car, um, Addie says to me, she goes, Daddy, are you sure we're going in the right direction? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure we're going in the right direction. She's because it's been taking a really long time to get there. And I'm like, well, we still got a little while longer. You know, it's going to be a while. But I promise you, we're going in the right direction. And so it was quiet for another second or two. And then I heard her whisper to her brother. She goes, I don't think Daddy knows where he's going. <laughs> and the worst part is, Alex said, me either. So they both in the back. Didn't think I knew where I was going. But here's the thing. I want to say, listen here, you four-year-old and eight-year-old. I know exactly where I'm going. If I left it up to you guys to tell us how to get there, we would never get there. And is that sometimes how we treat God? We say, God, we think we know better. And God's like, hey, go down this direction. This is how you're going to have fulfillment and satisfaction and joy. And we say, no, no, God, we think we know better. And here's the thing. If the truth can set us free like Jesus says, then lies can hold us hostage. We end up believing the lies that people or that the evil one is whispering in our ears. And we think, if I just chase after that or go after that or pursue that, I'll be happy. And we chase after those things and we still feel empty in the end. And we end up in this spot, what the book of Isaiah says. It says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And we're like sheep in that we can't find our way back, not without the shepherd to lead us back. We're lost and we're wandering. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus came because he saw us lost. He saw us wandering. He saw us hurt and broken and in pain. And he didn't want to leave us in that spot. And so he entered into our realm in order to bring us back to God. And the good news of Jesus' birth is this. When Jesus enters your life, you always have cause for joy. And what we're here to do, that's what Unstoppable is all about. Share that joy with the rest of the world, those who are still lost. Because we live in a world that is in desperate need of the joy of heaven. See, when the birth of Jesus was first announced... The people that it was first told to, they needed to experience the joy of heaven as well. You guys probably remember the story, you know, Mary gets word from an angel that she's going to give birth to the Son of God. But while the angel is giving her that news, she says, your cousin, Elizabeth, she's already pregnant. And she's beyond childbearing years. In fact, the Bible says she's old, (laughs) and she's not able to have kids anymore, but it's a miracle. Her and Zachariah, her husband, they've gotten pregnant, and they're going to give birth to John the Baptist, and John the Baptist is going to prepare the way for your son, Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, her cousin. And when Mary makes a surprise visit, I want you to see what happens here. It says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped. In her womb. This is John the Baptist in her womb, leaped in her womb. And then it goes on to say Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She exclaimed with a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, speaking to Mary, and blessed is the child in your womb. For the instant the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. I love that phrase leaped for joy. Literally in Greek, it was a word that was used when an animal was set free from its pen, from its stall, and was able to go and run free in the pasture and the fields. That's what that word means. In fact, it's rooted in a Hebrew term that's used way back in the Old Testament in the book of Malachi when it says this. It says, and this is a messianic uh, uh, scripture, by the way. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And you will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. Now, here's the thing. Mary and Elizabeth and everybody else who lived in their culture and that place in the world, they didn't have a whole lot of reason for joy. They were an oppressed people. They were living under the reign of a brutal government system that was taxing them into poverty. They were basically slaves to the Roman government. They didn't have the freedoms that they believed that they deserved to have. They were living in poverty. And many of the people, their neighbors, their family members, were starving to death, and they lived in fear of Rome. They didn't have a whole lot to celebrate. They didn't have a whole lot of reason for joy. In fact, most people living in Mary and Elizabeth's culture probably considered themselves to be a forgotten people in a forgotten part of the world. And yet, an angel appears to both of them to let them know, God hasn't forgotten you. And that's why I believe within the womb of Elizabeth, John the Baptist, who's going to prepare the way for Jesus, leaps for joy because he also is going to be born into a world, a culture that's not going to give him a whole lot of reason for joy, but he's going to enter the world with joy because he knows the good news of Jesus. And here's the thing, no matter what's going on around us in our culture, no matter what we are experiencing in life, We always have cause for joy because of the good news of Jesus. When Jesus enters our life, His joy, it supersedes anything else that we might be facing. Because for the follower of Jesus, every day has cause for joy. And it has cause for joy because His good news transcends anything we might be experiencing, good or bad. Because as we celebrate Christmas, it's important for us not to forget about Easter. Because Jesus wasn't born just to start a holiday, Jesus was born to die. He was born to go to the cross and defeat death and rise from the grave. And he did that for you and me for a purpose to bring us back to God. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, defeating death, we now, no matter what is going on around us, has reason, we have reason to celebrate because Jesus has made us alive with him It's kind of like what we experienced during the pandemic a while back when everything first shut down. If you guys remember, you know, they didn't want us gathering in homes or gathering in places. You know, we didn't even meet together physically as the church for a couple months. If you guys will remember that, I haven't forgotten it, probably never will. But if you guys will remember those times, I remember something that started to happen a lot. You guys probably were a part of one of these or maybe you saw them posted on Facebook. Drive-by birthday parties. You guys remember those when they were taking place? Some people threw in for me, we threw in for my wife because our birthdays failed during that time. Drive-by birthday parties, we were part of a lot of those. Never heard of a drive-by birthday party until the pandemic happened, right? But why is it that we decided to have drive-by birthday parties? Because even with all the uncertainty that surrounded us, even with all of the bad news we were hearing, even with all of the circumstances that we were experiencing in that moment that seemed really, really bad, We knew that that didn't change the event, the birth that had taken place that we wanted to celebrate when it comes to our friends and family because nothing could could change what happened on that day, the day that a friend or a loved one was born. And the same is true for us today. No matter what's going on in this world, no matter what pandemic we're experiencing, no matter who's in the White House, no matter what our culture decides to do, there's a day we can point back to in history and it's the day that Jesus rose from the dead and because of that, We always have reason for joy. And that's why we celebrate his birth today. Because he wasn't born to start a holiday. He was born to change the world through the cross and resurrection. And so when you leave today, you're going to get a cupcake if you want one. Because we're going to celebrate his birth. And we're going to celebrate his birth and everything that he came to to do, because that's why we're here, and here's the thing, the world around us desperately needs to experience that joy, because Satan is robbing the people around us, our neighbors, our friends, our family members, our co-workers, of the joy that Jesus came to bring us, and that's what Unstoppable is all about. Unstoppable is not about a building. A building is a resource we can use for people to experience the joy of heaven. That's why we're doing what we're doing because we believe in investing in the next generation so the next generation can grow up knowing the joy of heaven. Jesus came and gave His life so that we could experience that joy. Now, He calls us to give so that others can experience His joy. You know, every now and then, somebody will ask me the question. They'll say, you know, if I don't tithe does that mean I'm going to go to hell? (laughs) And for many years, I didn't exactly have a great answer for that. I mean, I know, you know, no, the Bible doesn't teach that you're going to go to hell just because of that, and, you know, grace covers that. But I really didn't feel like I had a smooth answer to give people. And then I had a friend of mine in ministry who shared with me the answer that he gives people when people ask him that, and I thought it was profound. And I've changed my answer since then. Since then, when someone comes to me and they say, You know, if I don't tithe, if I don't give to the mission of the church, will I go to hell? This is now my response No, probably not, but somebody else might. That's why we give. We give out of love for Jesus, and we know that Jesus loves the world, all people, everywhere. And we give because we put ourselves aside. To make a sacrifice for those that Jesus died for, those who Jesus loves. And the world is waiting for us. We've been studying the book of Acts in our Unstoppable series. And in Acts chapter one, if you will remember, after Jesus ascends into heaven, we see that the disciples are staring up into the heavens, and they get to watch Jesus ascend into heaven, and they're staring up into the heavens for like fifteen seconds or so. I don't know what the time frame, but it seems like it's very, very short. And then some angels appear to them and say, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? And I'm like, okay, come on. They just saw Jesus fly up into heaven. I mean, that's a big deal, isn't it? I mean, give them a few minutes to comprehend what's going on here and to think about it and to remember this moment, to take a mental picture, you know, of what has just happened here. And yet the heavens don't seem to waste any time. God sends his angels right away to say, You're not here to stand and waste time. You need to go and do what Jesus called you to do. You know why? Because there's a world in desperate need of what Jesus came to bring them. We had everybody and their brother tell us, well, not everybody, but we had a ton of people tell us, this is the bad time to do an initiative like Unstoppable. Maybe you should wait. And we could have waited, but we didn't. Because there's a world out there in desperate need of the joy of heaven. And we're not going to put them on hold. Let's be a people who today celebrate the joy of heaven in our lives. And this Christmas, let's extend it to everyone around us. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for today and this moment that we've had to come and celebrate what you are doing in this place. We give you all the credit And we just want to give you praise both for our primary and secondary goals here in Unstoppable. And I pray that we continue to be generous for the sake of your kingdom so that we can continue to share the joy of heaven. In the name of Jesus I pray, amen.